Welcome to the Alex Merced Cast, where Alex Merced of alexmerced.com brings you principled, thoughtful, libertarian commentary on issues that matter. Hey, everybody, this is Alex Merced from alexmerced.com, and you're listening to the Alex Merced Cast. And on this week's episode, we're going to continue going down my list of questions that people have for me. So what I'm going to do in the next few episodes is answer more than one um, because there will be quicker answers. So in this one, the first one I'm going to be answering is principles versus results. So the idea is like what's more important, sticking to principle versus uh, results. And I don't think there is a necessarily a difference between the two. Okay. Um, now, sticking to principle doesn't necessarily mean saying – Okay, only thing I want is my ideal and nothing else. No, you, you, but the idea is that you should always be trying to move closer to your principles. You should have an ideal, have a direction you want to go to, and you don't have to be shy about it. You have to say, this is what I believe in. But it doesn't necessarily mean that anything between where we are now and what I believe in is unacceptable. Okay, you have to be saying, hey, Here's what I'm, here's you have to be clear. This is where I want to get to. This is you know I, I this is the world I would like to eventually get to. But let's let's talk about getting things here now because again, if I just had this like basically people imagine that steering the principle means you always have to state you always have to say that you advocate only for the ideal all the time, and that there's no shades of gray in between. It's like me saying okay here's a picture of the Lego box. I'm going to ignore all the steps one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and building that thing on top of the Lego box. Okay? No, but I want I want to build the thing in front of the Lego box. Okay, I want to build that. That's what I want to build. But I gotta follow these directions step by step to get there. Okay? Um, you know, in the sense that I I do think a society where basically most of the institutions, if not all the institutions that, that sort of govern society and make society what it works, can be decentralized and voluntary. I do believe that that's a place we can get to, but this will be several steps between getting there, getting here and there. And I don't feel like I am sacrificing my principle or I'm saying anything different by advocating, hey, let's see if this is a step in the right direction um, or if this will be somehow we can move the needle forward. Okay. Um, now, if you just sit there and say, hey, let's, let me advocate an idea that moves us backwards, okay, then that then you're getting away from principle. So like saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to make the step, but there's some give and take, You, but you got to ask yourself, like, is this a step forward? And then again, you know, whether you're being principled is really something that's more self-reflective. It's something that do you believe you are principled. Okay, it's not for all of us to be saying, okay, you are principled, you are not principled, because none of our all, we may be coming from very similar principles, but our, the way we apply it and view ourselves in those principles are not always identical. And instead of sitting there and playing, hey, uh, who's more principled than thou game isn't necessarily making our principles a reality. So it's a cross between both. If you just get results, but they don't get you any closer to what you were trying to get to, like if I just sit there and I follow the, the wrong set of directions and I build something else, uh, yeah, I got something done, but that's, that's not necessarily really worth doing either. Um, you need both. You need to have principles because they guide you, but you need to be seeking results because what's the point of having principles if they're not guiding you to anything? Okay, English is an official language. 
okay, what is this? I mean, okay, so basically, most people think this whole English is an official language debate means like, oh, if, we've, if America makes English its official language, then everyone will just stop talking other languages. Um, I can't, a country can do that. A country can name an official language, which would just have the effect of saying, oh, it's paperwork, has to be this. Now, you could. I don't see a reason to do that. I mean, people say, well, you'll save money and, and whatnot. I don't think the money you'd save offsets the benefit. Like, for example, you go to most ATMs. Most ATMs will let you use the ATM in multiple languages, okay? And the benefit of that is that more people can use the ATMs, okay? Chase Bank wants more people to use their bank, okay? If they have to talk Spanish to get you the bank at their bank, they're totally fine with that because they want you to deposit your money, okay? Businesses want customers, and if they can... In, if the benefit of the amount of customers they will get and the money they'll make from them exceeds the cost of being able to cater to them, then why not? And I do think that would be the case in catering to most people who may speak another language. Um, you know, I think the probably the cost of, and printing costs and whatnot is minimal compared to, let's say, the additional tax revenue, the additional economic benefit of having a more inclusive society. So... Yeah, English can be an official language if the U.S. really wants to do that. I just don't... I just... It doesn't make sense to me. Okay? Um, I don't. I think English will essentially be the main language that everyone communicates with for... for... for the foreseeable future. But hey, you know, let the market decide what how people should communicate with each other. And probably in the future, you'll have... I mean, now Google Translate works pretty well. You're starting to have devices that read your thoughts now. They can communicate with your brain probably in the future you'll just be thinking into something and it just sends the information that somebody's had translated into the right language so i i just don't think this is a a a, a something that'll be necessarily be practical a problem for like for a very long you know in a very short period okay the last question for today is abortion i don't talk about this topic a lot the reason I don't talk about this topic a lot is because I don't feel, in any of the particular positions that are, are out there, I don't feel as passionate about it as anybody who holds those positions. Um, I just don't. Okay, so in that case, I don't I don't feel compelled, or I don't think I should be necessarily fighting in a fight that other people feel much more than I do. I'll express my opinion because you guys asked. But um, generally, when you think about just... There's different arguments from the life, left and the right regarding sort of abortion, but from a libertarian standpoint, you really kind of have three points of view. And this is why sort of, you know, most libertarians leave room for pro-life and pro-choice libertarians because you can argue on libertarian grounds both perspectives. Because essentially what you have is you, it's really a property rights conflict. You have two, in, you have two individuals, okay, the unborn child and, and the mother, um, who have a property rights conflict. And, you know, so from a, from a property rights perspective, you know, uh, why a woman doesn't necessarily have to have someone on her property that she doesn't want. Her body is, is one, of, one of your most profound pieces of property. And your life, theoretically, more profound than that. But at the same time, to evict the, the child, especially in the early parts of the pregnancy, results in having to terminate the child. Okay? And so when you... you have uh, a life, people, you know, get really weird about, like, uh, ending a life, and then that's 
you know, a violation of property rights because your life is your property. Okay, so you can sit there and say, you know what, I side with the mother's uh, bodily rights to her property, her body, so I'm pro-choice. Someone can say, hey, I side with the child's life because uh, that's their property, so I'm pro-life. I, But it's a property rights conflict. It's not that simple. Like any property rights conflict where it's not clear, you know, you there is no simple answer. That's that's why I think that's why I kind of don't have a per passion side I'm passionate about because there's different situations, different contexts that make it more complicated. And generally, anything that's complicated, as far as like uh, property rights conflicts, sh- there shouldn't just be a cut and dry answer. Um, so I generally, I generally lean towards sort of the evictionist standpoint, as pushed by like uh, a Walter Block. This is the idea that uh, you basically as long. The goal should be to add to to protect both the rights in the sense that the woman yes doesn't have a right has a right to you know not have to carry a child, um, and the, the child does have a right to be alive. So if you can find a solution that absolves both of those, meaning letting the woman to evict the child and allowing the woman, the baby to stay alive, that's the ideal solution. Promise throughout the entire nine month pregnancy, that's not necessarily possible. Maybe during the latest parts of the... And maybe the future technology gets better and viability comes earlier in the pregnancy. That's a thought. It's possible. Um, but, um, you know, that would be... You know, that's generally... So the idea is that generally in that part, there's a clear solution. In the earlier parts, then it gets more complicated and then you kind of have to assess it situationally as far as if you really want to take a look at it from a, a moral standpoint. Um... Then in that case, you know, there might be more an argument for either allowing for a termination of the child or whatever. But there isn't a clear-cut solution. There isn't something that, like, clear... There's That's that's why you have judicial systems. That's why you have courts to solve these situations or to help re- think through the situations that aren't clear in a case-by-case basis. Um, not that I'm saying that every situation should necessarily be hashed out in a court. I'm not saying that. I just don't have, like, a clear answer there. But I think the answer that everybody can get behind from a, from an actual action standpoint is just funding research. You can fund research on... Uh, one, either fund research to support mothers who, you know, may need the support to decide to keep a child or to uh, fund, fund, fund research to figure out how to make the baby viable earlier in the pregnancy or three fund the ability fund you know orphanages that can help connect people who want these children to parents you'll make it easier for there to be this conflict less often um but you know there's no if you if you get the if you sit there i don't see a world where basically if you get the law if you're just looking for a legal solution of just saying you can do it or you can't do it that you actually solve the problem that there will actually be any you're not solving the underlying like demand or situation but i do think funding research in these areas that I just mentioned before or funding uh, adoptions um, can more fundamentally address a lot of the uh, fun of the underlying issue so that's generally my thoughts on that but again I generally don't talk about it because it's not not the thing I feel most strongly about personally I know a lot of other people do they feel real strongly about it and if that's who you are then you do that um, you do you um, but generally I've just always been more of a econ guy because I feel like a lot of these other periphery issues will become minimized through a, 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 a more f- a functioning economy. 
Um, not entirely, because not, you know, especially in, let's say, the abortion issue, not every abortion is because, you know, people feel like they can't take care of the child. Sometimes people already have several children and they just don't want another one. Uh, sometimes it's, they have, you know, personal emotional reasons they don't want to. There's all sorts of, there's all sorts of different situations. So a stronger economy won't, but it would, it would fix some, um, along with fixing a lot of other problems. So I'll leave it at that. My name is Alex Merced from alexmerced.com. And uh, if you guys like what I have to say, go to donate.alexmerced.com and become a uh, contributor. I'm more than glad to, uh, well, yeah, I'm more than glad to receive a donation, but it does help. I do have costs that are associated with doing all this that would be nice to have covered. And also, you know, if we can raise beyond that, then we can take it to a higher scale and get better equipment and uh, do more episodes, dedicate more time to creating a better quality product for you guys. So thank you guys very much. Have a great day and enjoy. Thank you for listening to the Alex Merced cast. Learn more at alexmerced.com, libertarian101.com, and libertarianwingmedia.com. Follow Alex Merced on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.